Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, where parenthood meets professional development. We'll be covering all things business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be interviewing inspiring guests who've been showing up as their full selves as parents and blurring the lines between their personal and professional lives. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com to join our movement to parents seeking to invest in themselves alongside their kids. The next interview series on the podcast features Nathan Hall, a parent and the CEO of award-winning video marketing agency Simple Story and founder and CEO of Culture Check, an anti-racism support center for the workforce. He is the recipient of an Ottawa Business Journal 40 Under 40 Award and was asked to join the Forbes Agency Council, an invitation-only organization for prominent executives of public relations, media strategy, creative, and advertising agencies. This is the first of three mini-episodes of our conversation, which took place earlier this year in January. Stay tuned for future episodes where we talk about making difficult decisions as a leader, addressing racial discrimination in the workplace, and appreciating where you are as a parent and entrepreneur. Let's get into it. So thank you for agreeing to take the time to speak with me today. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate the invite. I saw you were in San Jose. I was looking on your Instagram and I saw you were in San Jose for a conference at the start of the (laughs) pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) And you were like, how am I going to get out of here? And I'm supposed to speak in England later this month and I don't think that's going to happen. So aside from (laughs) canceling your travel plans and trying to figure out how to get back to Canada. And as a CEO and a parent, what are some ways in which you've had to adapt your workflow during the pandemic? So it was it was crazy because I don't, I don't know if you saw that. But, uh, you know, when I, I landed there and, uh, and then I found out that the show was canceled when I arrived at my Airbnb. So I was after like a 14 hour uh, flight or travel. And so it was pretty, uh, pretty devastating. But um, so I was trying to figure out, you know, one, how am I going to get back home? What's going on here? Like things were just really starting to pick up. Plus in that area, that county that I was in, they had, uh, you know, received like a a, a sudden spike. Um, And so things were shutting down pretty quickly um, in that area where I was. So there was just a lot of fear and anxiety in the air in general. And then like, how am I going to get back home? What's going on? Um, But so anyway, two days later, I get home and um, I'm just I get home like I think early in the morning, I'm resting and then like things start picking up. So like the NBA, um, you know, canceled and like just different major events started like canceling and closing and things like that. And so that was a Thursday, a Thursday morning. And so on that day, I decided to to close the office um, and then have everyone work remotely. And then so I didn't end up going back into the office from that day when I went to that trip. And, you know, within a week or so, that was like early March. I don't remember when the official like shutdown came, like the 13th or something like that. So it was probably like a week, week and a half later, um, everything started shutting down. And so, you know, things things shifted pretty drastically. Like it wasn't like a preparation. Like I went to the show anticipating that I was still gonna, things were still gonna happen. I wasn't sure if London was gonna happen at that point. Um, I definitely didn't think we would be going fully remote at that point. Uh, But then it all just kind of snowballed within those couple of days of, you know, me traveling there and my returning is when everything just kind of fell apart. And so from that point, we've been 
100% remote ever since. I've been, we've been in quarantine as a family, you know, ever since. We didn't really do bubbles or anything. So we've just been locked down here, uh, you know, just, just enjoying each other's company and stuff since then. And, you know, as a business, it's been, it's been a challenge. Like at the first few weeks, there was so much, um, you know, unknown uncertainty. And so there was kind of like that excitement in the air and like, like what's going to happen next? What's, you know, uh, as people are trying to figure things out. And then within like a month or so, I saw the the decline in um, energy, in the engagement in people, in just like their countenance, you know, like uh, on the calls, like you would just hear the energy was gone from them and the excitement and like they weren't smiling, they like they weren't chit chatty like they they were before, like everyone was just, you know, okay, what are we doing? All right, go off and, and really struggling. So there was a while there where it got, it got really tough. And this was the uncertainty around, you know, at business started slowing down a little bit. This was before all of the subsidies and things were announced. So there was a lot of uncertainty um, figuring out how are we going to get through this? How are we going to manage everything? And, you know, so I mean, there was a couple things and really focusing on how do we build out, uh, you know, a more robust team, uh, you know, investing in people, you know, we started doing like wellness Wednesdays, like do like some little yogas or making sure everybody is on video on the zoom calls so that we can interact and engage with each other, just checking in on people regularly to make sure that there was, you know, people are doing well mentally, because we are a service business. So if the people aren't good, then we can't we can't do our jobs properly, right? So making sure that everyone was good was 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 very key. And then, you know, obviously once, you know, subsidies came in and there was a little bit more, you know, felt like we're all in this together, <laughs> you know, and like, okay, everyone's trying to support one another. Um, and so that that's when things really changed. And then, you know, so we really toughed it out in those first few months. And then by June, you know, things picked up like crazy, like late July. And then we were we were busier from ever at that point. And so now it's really just, you know, we went from survival to like, wow, we're, we're busier than ever. How do we how do we optimize now? So now that we're going to be remote indefinitely, what can we do to make sure that we are structuring ourselves, that we're supporting ourselves in the best way possible to, to move forward to address these things? So it was, it was a big shift. Yeah. And I mean, this is a question a bit about your personal life, about the pandemic. We're in province-wide shutdown now, and I'm going to be publishing this in over the next couple of weeks. So who knows if we'll still be in that in Ontario. But um, how has that affected your day-to-day as a parent and as a CEO? And what does a typical, I know there's no such thing as typical days right now, but could you take us through kind of how you set up your routine? Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like we've been in uh, a house-wide shutdown since March. So, you know, as as the province has done things or the city has done things and expanded bubbles, contracted bubbles, some stores open, it hasn't it hasn't changed us. Like we've been doing the same thing since since March. Um, you know, our son didn't go back to preschool, daycare. Um, you know, we, we kept him here 
year. So it is literally been the exact same thing. So whether, you know, th- what stores are open or what restaurants are open, we don't know. We, we don't go out. Um, so we've really just been been here. We do our groceries through the, uh, you know, online ordering and, and pickup. And that's really been it. So, you know, as things have Ontario has been hit with this new shutdown, it, it hasn't really um, impacted us as a business. Um, it hasn't really hit us so much now. Uh, you know, majority of the projects we do are are animated, so they can be done remotely. It doesn't is not impacted um, by the shutdown. And a lot of our clients, the majority of our clients are actually in the US. So, you know, what's happening in Ontario hasn't really impacted us so, so much. Uh, you know, it does impact that if we ever want to do a, a live action shoot, but we haven't had any requests for those since the summer. So, you know, we've been pretty much just uh, animation. So this this latest shutdown hasn't really impacted me personally or the business um, at all. The next question is more specific to Simple Story, but do you have any tips for listeners who are seeking to craft and refine their storytelling ability as business owners, particularly given that we all have limited time and attention spans these days? Do you have any video tips for people who are looking to get better on camera or with crafting their message? Yeah, I I mean, the, the number one thing is is practice, right? And is, is doing it as much as you can as frequently as you can you know even even if you're not you're not studying <laughs> things hardcore or like looking for all these different tips and hacks the more you do it you're just naturally going to improve especially when you you're watching your your playback and seeing what what goes on like I, in probably about 2020 2010 2011 is when i i decided i wanted to get really um serious and focus on on public speaking and and so every time I would push myself, uh, you know, in in positions that made me uncomfortable, and to in order to to stretch myself, so I I kept okay, let me get in front of a bigger audience or, or whatever the situation was. Like I would just push myself, and I'd say yes to things, or I'd sign myself up for things that I didn't feel you know ready for or comfortable doing, and then I would always record it. Right. So one is getting used to that feeling of discomfort, and you know, really stretching yourself beyond what what you're used to and then the second thing is is watching that that game tape every time and I would just kind of become really uh, meticulous about studying what I was doing and I would be you know as I was talking I would do certain things say up on the stage or you know I certain mannerisms or something that I thought were coming off as oh I'm very cool and relaxed and comfortable up here and then I'd watch it I'd be like man that looks terrible like oh man I <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable watching this. And so then as I started assessing these things, it allowed me to go back next time and be like, okay, let me try something different. Okay, let me try this now. And just always watching, being very critical um, of what I was doing so that I could improve for next time. And so it's just by pushing myself over and over again that, you know, you really have those opportunities. And as you do it more, you start to see what's resonating with people, what falls flat, what are people looking for? And then as you study other people as well, it's like, okay, what is is it about this person that is so captivating? Why are their stories so engaging? Why do people love this so much? What is it about it that is so different from other things? And so as you just study more and expose yourself to more of it, I think it's just naturally going to seep into you and and is going to get better, right? Like I, I know everyone loves hacks and shortcuts, but I, you know, for, for all things, I don't think there's a shortcut. You have to put in the time, you have to put in the work and being very intentional about it. And, and that's how 
how you improve. I spoke a couple of years ago at Creative Mornings with my kids, and uh, I've discovered through doing that that um, they should give babies props for for the talks because he kept trying to steal my microphone. Yeah. And I find when I'm at home doing any video or podcasting, they just want to touch everything that you're using. So yeah. do you keep your office locked at home or do you have like a matching microphone or video camera for your, your son? He has a couple things, but honestly, since since day one, every time there is like a baby version of something, he he's very on top of that. Like he knows he's like, this isn't the real deal. <laughs> and so it's like he had a little toy laptop and he's happy with it as long as there's not a real laptop around. You know, as soon as that comes out, then he wants to play with that. Like he, he always like even with like small things. So we really have like a bat, like a smaller size basketball for him and then like a normal size one is it when the normal size ball is there he wants that one he always wants the biggest the best like the most expensive we can thing. learn so much from our kids <laughs> they've got a growth mindset they're yeah. just like no i want to aim higher don't give me the baby version <laughs> Yeah, so he's always here. So I always catch him like in the office and a couple times, uh, like I'm just like, oh, where is he? And I find him in here. So I have a um, a standing desk, right? So he, he's up, he's standing on my chair, like hunched over onto the desk and like typing. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm emailing my colleagues. I'm like, what, <laughs> what are you talking? What colleagues do you have? And then like another another time he was at like the laptop, we're like, okay, it's time to go upstairs. And he's just like, I can't, I'm real busy right now. I have so much work I need to finish. I I got to send emails. I got to do a video call with grandma. And then I got to send out these files. I'm like, <laughs> like, you're three years old. What are you talking to me about? Yeah, I don't know if co-workers was in like my parents vocabulary when they were kids, <laughs> but it's definitely in my two and a half year olds right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just it's great. But now I'm not going to get a standing desk. I was looking at getting one. And now I'm I thought that was the answer. But I guess not. Yeah, so. no, they, they find a way to get to everything. So <laughs> Big thanks to Nathan for taking part of his day to answer my questions about his remote workflow over the past year, getting more comfortable on camera, and how his kid is always exploring the home office. Stay tuned for the next two episodes where we'll talk about trusting your instincts, identifying your North Star, and his drive to create a better future for those coming up behind him. Check out Nathan and his work at culturecheck.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. You can access more parent-friendly professional development, flexible, and remote work with kids resources on my website at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.